0: Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features another session from BBCon 2020 virtual. Get ready to have five of the biggest end of year fundraising myths busted by Michael Johnston, founder of the digital fundraising agency, HJC. Make sure to also check out the resources section in the show notes to find the toolkit Michael refers to, as well as some other helpful content. Enjoy the episode. Super excited um, to, to talk to you on this important topic. Uh, and, uh, want to jump right in um just a quick background i've got a fundraising tattoo we can talk about that another time i've been a fundraiser for over 30 years and been doing end of year fundraising since 1988. a big fan of this time of year for giving Uh, let's dig in today uh, over the next 30 minutes on some uh, quick takeaways and some more strategic things uh, for you to dig into so so when i look back over the last number of decades I think I can argue pretty well with you that this is the most important year for end of year uh, in our lifetime. You can look at the impact on COVID-19. It means less resources for a lot of us. It means uh, instability and unpredictability with the donor base. And it just means we need to do the best job we've ever done with end of year fundraising. And when you look at resources like uh, at the bottom, you'll see uh, a Blackbaud uh, Institute analysis you know, 18% of giving is happening right at the end of the year. And for some of you, it can be upwards of 60% of your fundraising is happening at end of year. And so how do we do the best job possible? We wanna give you some resources, direct you to some resources, uh, and look at some best practice over the next 30 minutes. And so what's so great about end of year December donors? Here's two numbers, 65%, 65% of what? Donors who give in December give 65% more, on average, per capita per donor than the rest of the year, 52%. What's that number? When we look at the three-year lifetime value of a donor who gives in December over the next three years, they give on average 52% more than a donor who comes on board the other 11 months of the year, and we try to look at their three-year lifetime value. So end-of-year donors are better so not only is it gonna be important this year to raise more money than ever in these unstable and unstable times, but heck, the donors that come in at the end of the year are even better than the rest of the year. And so we've worked hard with Blackbaud uh, to update and make it relevant for 2020, the end of year fundraising toolkit. We're gonna to touch and dabble on just a few things today in 30 minutes, but there's over 30 pages of end of year fundraising goodness There's the URL, make sure you go, uh, take a look at what the workbook is all about, download it and and start to make notes, uh, reference what we're gonna talk about today and get at it this October. So when we look at the whole workbook, there's a lot of information there, so we're just gonna concentrate on a wee bit. On the left-hand side, the six key areas around planning and executing are in the workbook. But in the workbook as well there are five myth busters on holiday and end of year giving and that's what we're going to touch on today we're going to look at each of these five we're going to look at some examples of how to bust those myths let's get into it so sometimes it's smart to take a quick step back not a lot of time was just a few months to go for fundraising this year uh, but you might want to make a holiday persona or two like who who is it who's going to give at the end of the year as a way to focus your rationed resources. And you can see a link on this page uh, of resources that have been created around generational giving. So HJC and Blackbot have written uh, next-gen giving reports for Gen X, Gen Y, Boomer, Older Mature, Civics. Take a look at the generational research that we've done to help create the holiday personas Uh, to focus your marketing efforts at the end of the year. But what the heck is a persona? And how do you make one? You're gonna go and you're gonna do, you're gonna talk to people in your organization. Who's giving in the holiday, right? You might send out a survey. Your donors, what did they do in the holidays? Why did they give? And then you're gonna look at your razor's edge database and you're going to look at historic and CRM data to learn more about who these holiday donors are and then you might do some analysis of who's visiting the website, uh, what's happening with social media and put all of this together and you can see at the bottom Black Mata has been nice enough to do a bunch of research and have a white paper on introducing us to personas and you can see that at the bottom. So if your first step for end of year giving is to create a persona, download that workbook at the bottom and and start to make those holiday personas. How old are they? Who are they? How do they act? And then the next thing you want to do is take the persona, the holiday persona, and map out the holiday journey. And the very first thing you're going to do uh, is bring the team together virtually on Zoom like today. And you're going to take a look at the external factors because this year, more than any other over the last number of decades, What's happening in the world is going to influence how people give it the holidays. And so you're going to work as a team, right, with virtual post-it notes, and you're going to take a look at your holiday persona. Maybe it's Mike Johnston. What are all the things that are happening in his life around the holidays? And external macro factors that are outside of your influence. Maybe his daughter's going to university. Maybe he's got aging parents what's COVID doing to his workplace, right? All of these things we need to think about and you need to map out and understand beforehand. And so if you go and do some mapping of your holiday personas, HJC and Blackboard a few weeks ago uh, created a six case study download, uh, Moments That Matter. So how do you create better holiday journeys over the next few months? By using journey mapping. So you can see the link there you can go download that. So let's take a look at these mythbusters. We've got five of them to look at. First is, a lot of people say holiday giving is only October to December. That's not true, right? Many retailers, irksome, irritating to us, sometimes start their holiday promotions in August. There's a reason. Or September, and you should be doing the same, right? Taking their lead to move fundraising, holiday fundraising, end of year fundraising into August or September. That time's passed already this year, but heck, as you get ready to do an even better job this year, October, November, December, you should start to make plans to start earlier next year. Does it work? So here's an example of the Ontario SPCA. So an animal welfare organization uh, who had a debate in the organization. They sent out beautiful cards in the mail. And those cards used to go out in November because they said holiday cards. Heck, people only need those in November and they send them out to their friends and family. But there was a debate internally and the organization sat in a room and said, commercial organizations are going out in August and September, why don't we? And so a number of years ago, they moved back their holiday card appeal, so holiday stuff, end of year stuff, back to August and September. And then they watched what happened. What happened is the response rate went up. So here's something that was sent out uh, in that first year, and they tracked what happened when they sent it in August, and they had 12 and a half, right, 12.35% response rate. And the year before, when they sent it out, it raised less money, right? 40 to 50,000 less. It had 2% less response. So the holiday times, right? And this holiday appeal worked better back in August. So the big myth is you start in the holiday period and in the later fall, no, push it back and find the digital opportunities that are earlier and the terrestrial marketing, uh, real world things like direct mail, Mythbuster buster too. It's not okay to mention holidays by name, right? We might offend someone. That's just not true. Don't be afraid, right, to make direct references, but still respect all religions and secular celebrations and work hard with a plan to do that. And so there's room, and we've seen this for years, there's room for Santa hats, menorahs, Kwanzaa unity cups, right? All of these different perspectives. And why? Because End-of-year fundraising really, it spans the wide spectrum of society, right? I mean, it really does talk about family, values, and caring. And so as long as you keep that focus, you'll be fine. And so here's an example. Here's a holiday Facebook ad, right, with holiday-connected flowers that happened last year. Victoria General Hospital Foundation. So it's a healthcare fundraising organization. And they said, hey, let's make poinsettias a part of online and offline lead generation during the holidays. And so they started to do both Facebook and other social media posts where people could actually, right, send the patient a real physical poinsettia by putting in their email and contact information. Lo and behold, right, this small but mighty hospital foundation in its first test, right, it cost about a dollar, right, to get an email, lead, and contact info. 687 people got to send, right, a poinsettia, a real one, and it brought online and offline together uh, with some holiday images, right, but sensitively thought through. Mythbuster 3, right, you can only run one holiday campaign, right, with a certain offer, a look and feel, otherwise you'll just overwhelm and confuse people, uh-uh, no way. Multi-faceted, multi-channel campaigns make the pie bigger, let you raise more gross revenue and more net revenue. So let's take a look at how somebody built those things together. So this is a busted myth. Here's, again, from years ago, best practice OSPCA. Again, the humane organization. And you can see, there's their August house mailing starting early, right? Doing an acquisition in September around holiday. But you can see here, they have two things, really two parallel tracks. And we'll look more in more detail. They have a pause and give launch in October, which is symbolic giving, a gift in lieu. We'll come back to that. And then they have the normal appeals from the annual campaign. So they really have parallel track campaigns uh, and we've done testing over the years and you can bug me more with my contact information at the end. It makes the pie bigger, right? You don't take from one or the other that people give to both campaigns overall. So you can do a lot with different offers at the same time in your holiday campaign. And so here's an example of that multi-channel approach. This is the BC Cancer Foundation, so a cancer organization. And this was their best practice starting a long time ago. So for 14-plus years, they've been building their end-of-year campaign. And we'll come up with some more case studies soon with BlackBot on this. But you can see the parallel connection. You can see e-cards, right, that talk about both ornaments, virtual ornament placement, and you can see that on the landing page in the bottom left leaving a virtual message of hope. And then on the bottom right-hand corner, you can see the exact same thing, a cutout in a direct mail package. So evocative things, right? Holiday and year-end themed, right? With similar connections from online and offline. And it works. And then we're starting to see innovations in the last few years of this multi-channel approach to year-end fundraising. Here's a food bank right and this is the Vancouver Food Bank Greater Vancouver Food Bank and we decided to do some holiday testing and we started to do custom audience matching and multi-channel conversion so you can see we took right donors with records 3050 with email right or a phone number and we uploaded that contact information uh, into Facebook Right, and we matched around 60 to 70 percent of the contacts. And we wanted to remind people and place up holiday messaging, right, at the end of the year on people's Facebook pages. So, really prepping it. And then we called. And so, the combination during the holiday of both Facebook and the telephone oh my gosh, look at the conversion rates, right, break even to monthly giving fantastic acquisition, multi-channel. It's the way we need to go. Multi-channel, multi-faceted. The next myth to bust is symbolic gifts. You know, the virtual goats um, buy someone a a virtual something instead of the tie or the shoes they don't need. A lot of people say it doesn't work. Well, when we look at the next generation of giving work that we've done with BlackBot, over 30% of North American donors say they've made a gift in lieu, right? A symbolic or a virtual gift. So it works and you need to add it to your end of your fundraising. And I call it the Oprahfication of giving. I blame Oprah in the past. She got the virtual go Oxfam thing started. Uh, But who are these symbolic donors, right? They they kind of want to do something cute. They want it convenient. Um, They want to be philanthropic. But there's a consumerist approach to that. But who are they? They are generally more women than men, and they tend to be shifted younger. Coincidentally, that's Oprah's prime audience in the past. And so organizations create these symbolic giving opportunities at the holidays. You can see Ontario SPCA started a decade ago or more with virtual gifts at the holidays. You can see it there, right? It's still going strong in 2020 still happening because it's an adjunct, right? It's one of the multi-channel, multi-faceted approaches, um, symbolic giving added to the very straightforward annual campaign ask. And it's offline and online. CAMH is a mental health organization. 15 plus years ago, they started Gifts of Light. And so as a mental health organization, there are these care kits on the left that were sent out in the mail as flyers and in their direct mail program. And in the top right, you see today, it's still running strong uh, online with Gifts of Light. And then last in this section is emails work. And so I'm showing you, and you'll get the slides of course, uh, after BBCon, you'll see a four part series on symbolic giving that was sent 15 years ago and is still best practice. And you can see here, The reference of convenience. Hey, you're rushing around, give this way, right? Images to convert urgency or convenience. Then number two went out the door. Hey, maybe you're scrambling for gifts. Remember, you can give a gift this way. And then a third email, emotional, right? Using emotion on why it's important at the end of the year and calling about caring and loving and sharing at the holiday time. And convenience. And then at the very end, a fourth email that said, hey, last minute gift, you've run out of time. And it works. And so you get what you ask for. Every time we sent out an email 15 years ago, that's when we spiked in gifts. You get what you ask for. First reminder, second reminder. So get emails out the door. But then upgrade those symbolic holiday givers. We learned that three to 4%, if you call them, will turn to monthly giving and give extra. So bring the channels together, both digital and phone. So the last myth buster. People only do last minute shopping, not last minute giving. I just showed you that's not true. (laughs) People hold off, right, on their giving until the last minute, and the highest revenue generating days during holiday giving, 29th, 30th, and 31st of December. And so be prepared do things to catch eyeballs here, right? 24 hours left in the year, right? Hurry, time's running out on the year. So there's a reality to it and an artificiality. We're creating momentum and pressure. People are last minute when they buy holiday gifts. They're last minute when they make gifts online. So prepare for it. And then the last thing I'm gonna give you the takeaway, Um, like why not, right combine some of these new approaches right with focus at the end of the year why not a final 3 day or let's say a december monthly matching facebook campaign go secure a matching gift let's say it's 10000 bucks for the last few days of the year or part of december right create your audiences remember what the vancouver food bank did right monthly donor lookalikes right do some custom audience matching remarket to people who drop off in december and remarket all your website visitors. Do all of that. Take inspiration from this example. Here's BCSPCA, and they did a test this fall, and they were testing, right, a monthly match, right, through Facebook, and it worked. Why not repurpose it for end of year and make it look like this, right? Combine matching, give Facebook an urgency of end of year, right? Now is the holiday time. What are you waiting for? Become a monthly donor. Right? It'll be matched, double your impact. So when you look back at these myth busters, right, we're talking about multi-channel, right? we're talking about using Facebook, for example, in combination with other channels, adding symbolic giving, Right, planning early for success. So we've been through the five myth busters very quickly You know, I I just want you to now take that in hand, right? It's got your attention on a few key takeaways and go back and get the full workbook, right? Here's the URL again, right? Go download it, print it off, right? And start working through. Step back, create some personas, right? Use the next generation of giving data and study that we've done with BlackBot, Use some journey mapping, download the journey mapping report, get that integrated calendar built very quickly this October, right now, and then have a two and a half month window uh, of excellence and best practice to raise the money you need to raise in these very tough times. What will 2021 be? We don't know. It's unpredictable. And so the best way we can protect ourselves uh, in this unpredictable environment is to do the best job with this fundraising toolkit. And so that's it. Thanks so much for listening.